Curious, where we explore the entire Bible from cover to cover, asking ourselves, what is the Holy Bible? What claims does it make about God? And what message does it have for us today? Whether you are faithful or unfaithful, believing, unbelieving, or just plain curious, this series is for you. I'm Arthur Milligan. And today we will be reading Exodus chapters 22 through 24 from the World English Bible. You can find our reading plan at biblecurious.org plan. Exodus chapter 22, Introduction. Exodus 22 is a continuation of the legal code given to Moses by Yahweh on Mount Sinai. In this chapter, Yahweh provides further regulations that are intended to promote justice, equality, and social order in ancient Israel. The laws in Exodus 22 cover a wide range of topics, including theft, property damage, social responsibility, and sexual morality. The focus is on preserving the rights of individuals and protecting the welfare of the community as a whole. Yahweh's concern for the well-being of the people is evident throughout these laws, which were designed to prevent abuse, exploitation, and oppression. What's remarkable about this section of Exodus is how specific and practical these laws are to the ancient Near Eastern way of life practiced by the children of Israel. While the Ten Commandments speak about morality in a very general sense, this Book of the Covenant brings the principles of the Ten Commandments into vivid clarity, providing concrete examples so that anyone can understand the legal principles behind the Ten Commandments. This chapter includes property laws, laws of social responsibility. Exodus chapter 22. If a man steals an ox or a sheep and kills it or sells it, he shall pay five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. If the thief is found breaking in and is struck, so that he dies, there shall be no guilt of bloodshed for him. If the sun has risen on him, he is guilty of bloodshed. He shall make restitution. If he has nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. If the stolen property is found in his hand alive, whether it is ox, donkey, or sheep, he shall pay double. If a man causes a field or vineyard to be eaten, by letting his animal loose, and it grazes in another man's field, he shall make restitution from the best of his own field and from the best of his own vineyard. If fire breaks out and catches in thorns so that the shocks of grain or the standing grain or the field are consumed, he who kindled the fire shall surely make restitution. If a man delivers to his neighbor money or stuff to keep, and it is stolen out of the man's house, if the thief is found, he shall pay double. If the thief isn't found, then the master of the house shall come near to God to find out whether or not he has put his hand on his neighbor's goods. For every matter of trespass, whether it is for ox, for donkey, for sheep, for clothing, or for any kind of lost thing about which one says, this is mine, the cause of both parties shall come before God. He whom God condemns shall pay double to his neighbor. 
If a man delivers to his neighbor a donkey, an ox, a sheep, or any animal to keep, and it dies or is injured or driven away, no man seeing it, the oath of Yahweh shall be between them both. He has not put his hand on his neighbor's goods, and its owner shall accept it, and he shall not make restitution. But if it is stolen from him, the one who stole shall make restitution to the owner. If it is torn in pieces, let him bring it for evidence. He shall not make good that which is torn. If a man borrows anything of his neighbor's, and it is injured or dies, its owner not being with it, he shall surely make restitution. If the owner is with it, he shall not make it good. If it is a leased thing, it came for its lease. If a man entices a virgin who isn't pledged to be married and lies with her, he shall surely pay a dowry for her to be his wife. If her father utterly refuses to give her to him, he shall pay money according to the dowry of virgins. You shall not allow a sorceress to live. Whoever has sex with an animal shall surely be put to death. He who sacrifices to any god except to Yahweh only shall be utterly destroyed. You shall not wrong an alien or oppress him, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. You shall not take advantage of any widow or fatherless child. If you take advantage of them at all, and they cry at all to me, I will surely hear their cry, and my wrath will grow hot, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall be widows, and your children fatherless. If you lend money to any of my people with you who is poor, you shall not be to him as a creditor, you shall not charge him interest. If you take your neighbor's garment as collateral, you shall restore it to him before the sun goes down. For that is his only covering. It is his garment for his skin. What would he sleep in? It will happen when he cries to me that I will hear, for I am gracious. You shall not blaspheme God, nor curse a ruler of your people. You shall not delay to offer from your harvest and from the outflow of your presses. You shall give the firstborn of your sons to me. You shall do likewise with your cattle and with your sheep. It shall be with its mother seven days, then on the eighth day you shall give it to me. You shall be holy men to me. Therefore, you shall not eat any meat that is torn by animals in the field. You shall cast it to the dogs. In reading this legal code, you can see the simple practical logic which undergirds the Torah. When someone steals from another, you must pay back double what was stolen, the extra penalty serving as a deterrent to the would-be thief. When the thief conceals evidence of the crime by selling or killing the stolen property, the penalty is even greater, four times for sheep and five times for cattle. If a burglar attempts to break into someone's home at night and the homeowner kills the man in self-defense, this is not considered murder. But if that homeowner waits until morning to hunt down and kill the burglar in retaliation, then the vigilante homeowner is considered guilty. Anytime there is a legal dispute between citizens, they are to bring their case before a court of law, which the Torah refers to as the gods, ha-Elohim, 
in Hebrew. This curious language is awkward enough to prompt translators to choose a number of different readings for this term. Some versions translate Ha'elohim as God, while others try to avoid God altogether by rendering Ha'elohim as judges. Culturally, I don't find it strange at all that ancient Near Eastern people, especially those who had been living in Egypt for over 400 years, would consider a court of law to be a place where the gods would be a presumed audience. Even courtrooms today demand witnesses to swear an oath before God that their testimony is truthful. Nowhere in any chapter of the Bible which we have covered up to this point does the text ever claim that Yahweh is the only God in existence. However, the text does insist that Yahweh is the only God worthy of worship for the children of Israel. Exodus 15.11 asks, Who is like you, Yahweh, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Exodus chapter 23. Introduction. Exodus 23 continues the revelation of Yahweh's legal code given to Moses on Mount Sinai. The chapter begins with instructions for conducting legal disputes, with special emphasis on avoiding corrupt practices which can easily pervert the rule of justice. You will hear laws against corruption, perjury, mob justice, favoritism, holding grudges, accepting bribes, and mistreatment of aliens. There are also agricultural regulations, including laws regarding Sabbath rest for crops and the proper treatment of animals. Yahweh then goes on to mandate three annual festivals which the people would observe once they are settled in the promised land, which they will presumably soon conquer with Yahweh himself leading the Israelite army. As you listen to this chapter, notice how Yahweh presumes that the children of Israel will very soon be living in the promised land. It has always been Yahweh's intention to make a straight approach from Mount Sinai directly into Canaan. This chapter includes justice and mercy, Sabbath laws, three yearly feasts, God's angel to lead. Exodus chapter 23. You shall not spread a false report. Join your hand with the wicked to be a malicious witness. You shall not follow a crowd to do evil. You shall not testify in court to side with a multitude to pervert justice. You shall not favor a poor man in his cause. If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall surely bring it back to him again. If you see the donkey of him who hates you fallen down under his burden, don't leave him. You shall surely help him with it. You shall not deny justice to your poor people in their lawsuits. Keep far from a false charge, and don't kill the innocent and righteous, for I will not justify the wicked. You shall take no bribe, for a bribe blinds those who have sight and perverts the words of the righteous. You shall not oppress an alien, for you know the heart of an alien, since you were aliens in the land of Egypt. For six years you shall sow your land, and shall gather in its increase, 
But the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow, that the poor of your people may eat, and what they leave the animal of the field shall eat. In the same way you shall deal with your vineyard and with your olive grove. Six days you shall do your work, and on the seventh day you shall rest, that your ox and your donkey may have rest, and the son of your servant, and the alien may be refreshed. Be careful to do all things that I have said to you, and don't invoke the name of other gods, or even let them be heard out of your mouth. You shall observe a feast to me three times a year. You shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread as I commanded you at the time appointed in the month of Eb, for in it you came out of Egypt, and no one shall appear before me empty. And the feast of harvest, the first fruits of your labors, which you sow in the field, and the feast of ingathering at the end of the year, when you gather in your labors out of the field. Three times in the year all your males shall appear before the Lord Yahweh. You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leavened bread. The fat of my feast shall not remain all night until the morning. You shall bring the first of the first fruits of your ground into the house of Yahweh your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you by the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Pay attention to him and listen to his voice. Don't provoke him, for he will not pardon your disobedience, for my name is in him. But if you indeed listen to his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel shall go before you and bring you in to the Amorite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Canaanite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, and I will cut them off. You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor follow their practices, but you shall utterly overthrow them and demolish their pillars. You shall serve Yahweh your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from among you. No one will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my terror before you, and will confuse all the people to whom you come, and I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send the hornet before you, which will drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate, and the animals of the field multiply against you. Little by little I will drive them out from before you, until you have increased and inherit the land. I will set your border from the Red Sea even to the Sea of the Philistines, and from the wilderness to the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. When we last saw Moses in Exodus chapter 20, the people stayed at a distance and Moses came near to the thick darkness where God was. Moses 
had entered into the dark cloud at the peak of Mount Sinai, and Yahweh spoke to him remotely while Moses stood blinded by the darkness. But now Yahweh promises to send his angel to the Israelites. And if you're paying attention, you will notice that this angel is actually Yahweh himself. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you by the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Pay attention to him and listen to his voice. Don't provoke him, for he will not pardon your disobedience, for my name is in him. But if you indeed listen to his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel shall go before you and bring you into the Amorite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Canaanite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, and I will cut them off. Yahweh is using this moment in history to begin training his people in the principles of holiness, and a key part of this training is to inspire reverence and awe in the Israelites by presenting himself as a being utterly alien to their life experience. The revelation at Sinai might seem like a theatrical production, and that's because it is. Yahweh needed the Israelites to pay attention so that they could listen, so that they could obey, so that they could become holy. Exodus chapter 24, Introduction With his revelation at Sinai, Yahweh laid the foundation of what would become Jewish law, or Torah, over the next three and a half thousand years. Always remember that Judaism is the single most ancient and long-lived continuous culture to exist in the history of planet Earth. In this chapter, Yahweh ratifies this covenant in a ceremony of blood, then invites a congregation of select Israelites to approach the holy mountain to have an audience with God himself. After feasting in the holy presence of the Heavenly Father, these chosen Israelites then witness Yahweh calling Moses ever deeper into the darkness to receive further instruction from the Most High God. This chapter includes the covenant sealed, Moses on the mountain. Exodus chapter 24. He said to Moses, Come to Yahweh, you and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship from a distance. Moses alone shall come near to Yahweh, but they shall not come near. The people shall not go up with him. Moses came and told the people all Yahweh's words and all the ordinances, and all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which Yahweh has spoken will we do. Moses wrote all Yahweh's words, then rose up early in the morning and built an altar at the base of the mountain with twelve pillars for the twelve tribes of Israel. He sent young men of the children of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of cattle to Yahweh. Moses took half of the blood and put it in the basins and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. He took the book of the covenant 
and read it in the hearing of the people, and they said, We will do all that Yahweh has said, and be obedient. Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people, and said, Look, this is the blood of the covenant which Yahweh has made with you concerning all these words. Then Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel went up. They saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was like a paved work of sapphire stone, like the skies for clearness. He didn't lay his hand on the nobles of the children of Israel. They saw God and ate and drank. Yahweh said to Moses, Come to me on the mountain and stay here, and I will give you the stone tablets with the law and the commands that I have written that you may teach them. Moses rose up with Joshua his servant, and Moses went up onto God's mountain. He said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come again to you. Behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever is involved in a dispute can go to them. Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. Yahweh's glory settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. The seventh day he called to Moses out of the middle of the cloud. The appearance of Yahweh's glory was like devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. Moses entered into the middle of the cloud and went up on the mountain, and Moses was on the mountain forty days and forty nights. Here we have the second appearance of Yahweh's glory or kabod. Verse 16 reads, Yahweh's glory settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. The seventh day he called to Moses out of the middle of the cloud. The appearance of Yahweh's glory was like devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. The Hebrew word for glory, kabod, derives from kabod meaning weight, and certainly this radiant manifestation of God does seem to resemble the sun and may very well exert its own gravitational pull. However, before the appearance of this glory was an entirely different manifestation of God, one which more closely resembled a human being standing on a translucent pane of crystal. Then Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was like a paved work of sapphire stone, like the skies for clearness. He didn't lay his hand on the nobles of the children of Israel. They saw God and ate and drank. The details of this encounter are somewhat vague, but suggest to me that Yahweh stood upon, or within, a hovering vehicle or sky chariot with a see-through floor which allowed Moses and his companions to look up and to catch a glimpse of the Most High God from atop the mountain where they enjoyed their celestial feast. Let us pray. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed 
are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. May we be pure in heart so that we will see God. Thank you for listening. If you've satisfied any of your Bible curiosity, please rate this series. If you have feedback, write a review. And if you are still curious for more, please subscribe so that we can send you timely updates and join us for our next episode where we will be reading Exodus chapters 25 to 27, the Ark of the Covenant. The chest that the Hebrews used to carry around the Ten Commandments. What? You mean THE Ten Commandments? Yes, the actual Ten Commandments. Didn't you guys ever go to Sunday school? This is Arthur Milliken saying good night and God bless. Thank you.